Welcome back, everybody, to the hottest sports podcast in the land. Yes, welcome back to the Donald and Donald podcast. <laughs> Double D. Let's go. <laughs> We're coming at you straight off script, people. Giving you a brand new, fresh look at the things you think you already know about that's happening in the sports world today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's take the barbershop, talk outside the barbershop, and chop it up. Absolutely. Barbershop Sports. Man, D-Man, we have such a great, great show for our audience today. You know what I'm saying? We got to talk about them North Carolina men's Tar Heels basketball team. You got Don Staley keeping South Carolina women's basketball smoking red hot. LSU, ooh, ooh, ooh. And we got the elimination in the association. Hey, right here, D. Come on, baby. Men's college basketball. Now, you taking uh, North Carolina had back-to-back games that was going on. Uh, let's talk about this uh, UNC Villanova game. It went into overtime. Uh, North Carolina dropped that thing, 83-81 to 81 to Villanova. But it seemed to me like they should have won it in regulation. Talk to me about what you saw and what you think. Just a tough game mixed in with losing some key players to foul trouble. I want to say we fouled out three guys. One was our leading scorer of that game. And our, he's our versatile defender in Harrison Ingram. Mm-hmm. And then we lost one of our better perimeter defenders in Jalen Withers later on in that game. And I want to say either at the end of regulation or the very beginning of overtime, we lost that star freshman point guard, Elliot Cadeau. So it just put us in a weird position of now the guy's – Armando had to step up even more, which he wasn't able to do. Right. R.J. Davis, we know how streaky he can become. Mm-hmm. It was one of those games where his shot wasn't falling. And then it was more of our three-point shooters got to make almost every shot, and that's not a recipe to win. Yeah, is that even feasible? That's not even, like, really realistic, man, because, I mean, you know, when it comes to three-pointers, either you make them or you don't. But when a team gets real hot, I know that their uh, percentage and probability of winning is there. But it sounds to me right now that North Carolina need to learn how to play in foul trouble. Yeah, and it's just you can't lose three key guys. Mm-hmm. Like, all those are key rotational guys. Absolutely. what we're trying to do this year. So you lose all three of them to a team where – one guy was going – one guy gave us 33. Mm-hmm. So we needed pretty much everything we had to offer right? to keep up because they were making timely shots. They had a guy who was taking over the game. We needed to combat that with, with everything we had, like all of our firepower. We couldn't bring it to the table mm-hmm. because of foul trouble. Mm-hmm. I understand. So I, I, I was looking at the stat, the stat line and everything. Like you said, you, these numbers and everything. Ingram, he did some good stuff. R.J. Davis, when he played, he did some good things. Uh, you got 20, 23, Ryan, 18. And, but here's the other thing. When it came to Villanova, uh, 34, Dixon gave him 34 on that win in overtime for Villanova. Yeah. It, it, it seems to me, because we're going to talk about this other game that UNC actually played and won, they still seem to me the UNC North Carolina Tar Heel basketball team allows one one player on the opposite team always to get off. Is that kind of how you look at it? Yeah, that's what's been happening. That's been a that's been a staple, man. That's been a thorn in, in, in North Carolina basketball for a while. Yeah. It is it's usually those last year it was guard play. Mm-hmm. It was heavy on letting the guard dictate the game. Because we didn't have defensive guards. Right. We had RJ and Caleb Love. Mm-hmm. Who all they wanted to do was shoot the ball. Absolutely. This year, I think that's why we did bring in a Harrison Ingram. We brought in um, Seth Trimble, who's supposed to get more time as a sophomore this year. Um, Jalen Withers, 
uh, these guys are more defenders and get up and down. Harrison Ingram is the one who makes shots. He's our three and D. If you want to categorize him as that, mm-hmm. but I think he's more of a versatile. Like he's somebody who can do many different things for us. So it's just gonna be, and it is early with a lot of different pieces coming in together, trying to fix. Because we only returned two starters from last year. That's R.J. Davis and Baycott. Mm-hmm. So Davis trembles his Seth Trimble, who was a freshman last year. What he was, was expected to do is gonna change completely. Because you don't have, or you don't have Caleb Love out there. As well to take shots So now you gotta be a defender Who can score a little more Right Elliot Cadeau It's gonna be weird With him playing with R.J. Davis Cause he's a floor general mm-hmm. And R.J. is a Ball dominant guard Gotcha Okay Now is that Is that their first loss Of the season Yep Okay Well let's go to the win They dropped that one Okay against Villanova But they picked it back up Against Arkansas Number 20 So in that one You had R.J. Davis Had 30 Ingram 13 And Trimble had 12 He showed up So how you feel about that game And the bounce back From that loss To that win That next game Against Arkansas This This was a good Good win Just cause it was Like we can't Expect R.J. Davis to go off for 30 mm-hmm. every game. But we got something from everybody. Right. And you know, that's something that I always try to look for. Mm-hmm. I think what's going to impact us going forward is Baycott has to play his style of ball. You have to demand the ball on the paint. You need to be one of our leading scorers every game. Like, 9-4 and four is decent, but not for somebody who's a returning senior a uh, double-double record-breaking in the ACC. Like, somebody who's supposed to be winning ACC Player of the Year, you're in that category. We need you. The team is only going to go as far as you can take us. Now, so, Baycott, when you talk about him, because in that first game against Villanova, he only had eight. And in that second game, he only had nine. Yep. So, what, they're not giving – he's not demanding the ball like what you said? Or they just not feeding he the doom, not running plays? What's going look, on? He doesn't look as dominant as he has in the past. Like well, he, what's wrong? He not hungry no more? I don't know what it is. I think it's – I think it's a mindset thing mm-hmm. of I want to get these guys involved. Like, knowing how good as a team we are, mm-hmm. I think he's trying to be more of that team guy to where he's not demanding it every possession down the court. But I think we have to. Mm-hmm. you get them to react? Because you are a force on the block. Mm-hmm. One of the better post players I've seen coming out of college in a while. Mm-hmm. You gotta demand the ball down there, make them react, try to get them to crash, and now that opens up for those three point shooters that we brought in. Gotcha, gotcha. So, do you feel at this point in time, you know, it's kind of early in the season. We we understand and we realize that, but the UNC, uh, the UNC uh, Tar Heel uh, basketball team is only gonna go as far as Baycott to take them, or or, or, or it's I just think, part of the puzzle, or I the majority of it. It's a majority of the puzzle. Okay, just because of what he. What we've seen from him in the past, the the year we made it to the finals, right? Two years ago, he was a twenty and fifteen guy. Double double might give you twenty and twenty. Double D. Those is those is that's not replaceable from a shooter. Mm-hmm. I think the twenty twenty from him is more consistent than let's keep kicking it out to these guys and let them get seven eight threes a game. That may or may not go down. You know, it's a streaky thing to try to depend your game on unless you have. Those Stephen Curry's and Clay Thompson's of 2015 on your team. Mm-hmm. We don't have that walking through the door. Right. We got some good shooters, but they're not guaranteed knockdown shooters. Mm-hmm. They're people who can make shots. Right. 
I got you. And so apparently it's definitely going to be a team effort. And uh, But like you say, we only dropped that one against Villanova, but we rolling. And like I said, it was getting to the point where, hey, we, we starting to play teams now. You know, it, it ain't no warm-up no more. It, it's going to get heated, and we're going to have to keep that record, you know, intact and rolling. Well, how about this one game right here, man? When you talk about number 11, Gonzaga, you always they always in the picture. They always show up in the NCAA tournament. They always a team to be reckoned with. Now, Gonzaga played UCLA. They beat them. Gonzaga won 69 to 65. You had your boy A. Watson for Gonzaga hit 32, Hickman 11, and Nimhart 12. Okay? So, how you feel about Gonzaga, man? Because it's a team that always shows up, early or late. It's always someone you need to talk about. One of those teams that I feel just in that realm of Villanova as well, mm-hmm. they're always coached with. Right. They're always. What is it, Mark Few? Mark Fuse yeah. out there in Gonzaga, mm-hmm. and they just changed the coach out in Villanova this year. Okay. I, I didn't realize it until halfway through the game, just because the play style is so much similar to what Jay Wright did. Right. So that's just, they kept the system intact. And those are the teams where, like, yeah, we don't. The top players of the nation aren't committing to Gonzaga. The top players of the nation aren't committing to Villanova. They know the type of players that they're able to get, and they target them, they bring them in, and they develop them. Those is where you go if you want to be developed. Um... And that's why that's what makes them so good. This it seems to be working because if you say that they changed the coach, but they kept the system intact, oh man, that's a winning combination. That's what it is, and I think that's what when you have an established culture, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what coach you bring in, where it's like your university is this way, it's it it sets you, it makes it easier for you to make that transition in, just like Duke. John Shire's transition to becoming a head coach was made just that easier because of the brotherhood. Right. He has that going. He has we're one of the top nation. We're one of the top programs in the nation. Mm-hmm. We have the proof in the pudding of who we send to the NBA. Then that also means we have you connections. Right. You come here, you'll be able to talk to a Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. a Jason Tatum, these Zion Will, the, these guys who went to the league and are what we thought they were. Right. So, so it just same thing with Villanova. You come in, you know, I'm not coming here to be a one and done. Same thing with Gonzaga. I'm not coming here to be a one and done. I'm coming here to take my game to that next level. Absolutely. And win on. And win some games in the process. Mm-hmm. And that gives you the longevity in the tournament too, man. It gives you that staying power. Because that's what that that run Carolina went on to that finals was mainly because we kept players. Right. We didn't have that wasn't a freshman oriented team. We had RJ who was going into a junior year, Caleb who was going into a junior year, um, Brady Manic who had transferred as a grad senior, um, Baycott was one of our youngest at the time. I think he was a sophomore. So it, I think in college, the one and does we've seen it. We've seen some of the best freshman teams put together, top five in their recruiting class, come together and not be able to win it because they don't have that chemistry or they don't understand that. It's the same thing in the NBA. Vets pick up on little things. Mm-hmm. Same thing in college. Seniors, juniors, they pick up on little things. They know how to get to the line just that more. They know how to read what y'all are trying to do on defense just that more. So it matters having seniors and things like that. Right. Yeah, talent can win you a couple games, 
but I think a team is going to win you a championship. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%, man. I, I really, really do. Now, you know that Michigan State has a, a great program. They're number 21 right now. Uh, they played against number three, Arizona, which I don't think is uh, I think is undefeated this year right now. Uh, so um, Michigan State and Arizona played each other, and Arizona won that thing 74 to 68. Now, all starting five was in double digits, man. So they was red smoking hot. You know, Love gave them 17. Johnson gave them 13. Boswell gave them 12. Uh, before we get to the Arizona side of things, is ranked number three currently. How you feel about this uh, Michigan State team? Are they someone to be reckoned with? It's something that they kind of low in the rankings right now, but as the season go on, they're going to get better? They're one of those teams who took the opposite route to mm-hmm. what we usually see. They scheduled top teams early. Mm-hmm. They played, I want to say, Kansas earlier this year. Mm-hmm. It was number one, number two. Um, they played Duke. Yeah, so they've, they've played, yeah, Duke. Oh, Arizona. Who is, who am I thinking? Oh, might be um, Duke. Who else? But, so they played Duke in the third game and took a loss. So that messed up their standings, too. And then coming into this game and playing Michigan State, I mean, playing Arizona, who beat Duke early on right. in the year, it's only going to help. I mean, it's only going to hurt your standings. I want to say that's their only two losses. But considering that it's two... I want to say there was 11 when they lost to that Duke game. Mm-hmm. But Duke had just lost to Arizona. Right. So they fell in the rankings. You lose to them. You go off to beat Butler, which I think that ended up being the score doesn't show how close that game actually was. Mm-hmm. I think they was in trouble of losing that game for a long time. And then you lose another game where it was, should have been a proven point for you. But I think they're fine. You know, Tom Enzo's out there. He right. got some. He has some things. He has some tools to work with. It's just going to be trying to figure out how to put it all together. And luckily for them, the Big Ten isn't as strong as it usually is. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Tom Izzo is a winning coach. Do you think that's a recipe for a success, seeing that they took and they, 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 front, they front-loaded the, the schedule? They front-loaded it. They got the best practice, mm-hmm. I think, that they could give. Because they are a young team, too. They don't have a lot of seniors and juniors on this team. Okay. So... I think going out there and playing some of the best teams in the nation is going to help them moving forward. Mm-hmm. And they competed. Like, it wasn't like they just went out there and got blown out. They lost to uh, Duke by nine in the six-point game, lost to Arizona. Right. So y'all were in these games. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be finishing them out, finding a way to finish them out. And that's really it. Just, oh, James Madison is a bad loss. I forgot about that loss early in the season. Okay, so the strength of schedule, you think is going to like help them out when they start kind of like you know jockeying for, posi- uh, for, for position and moving these things around. The strength of schedule is something that's going to be in their favor at that time. Yeah, and it's just because, like I said, on the back end of it, I think they only got two ranked games after this. Mm-hmm. Through the rest of the season, you play Baylor, who's ranked thirteen, and then you don't play another ranked team as of right now mm-hmm. until March. Mm-hmm. That's number two, Purdue. Okay. So they got their practice against good teams early. Now it's just going to be winning these games that you're supposed to win. Absolutely. Until you get to that Purdue game. Because mm-hmm. right now I think Purdue's going to move up to number one team in the nation. Mm-hmm. I think they did just beat Kansas. Mm-hmm. So now that's what you're prepping for. That's right. what your season's – it looks like to me on paper, it looks like your season's prepping up for that Purdue game and stretches in the Big Ten and NCAA tournament. 
Exactly. Well, that makes sense. Well, how about this number five UConn, uh, uh, number five UConn team? Uh, they, I, you, they played Manhattan. We understand that. Uh, it was 90 to 60. Uh, Spencer for UConn gave them 18, but they, they rank number five right now with UConn. How much noise you think they're going to make in the NCAA for the men's this year? They one of them teams that you can't just you, – they, they won last year mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Right. Out of nowhere. Nobody had UConn winning – the championship. Yeah, right. Anyway, you can look up anywhere, and if they said, I'm probably going to call them a fib. <laughs> but it's, it's one of those teams where, again, just great coaches, mm. great culture. They they bring in the right guys who want to win more than anything. And it's just been that they've been able to establish that. And they're running off a of high. We just won the championship last year. People, mm. We came in, what, ranked sixth? Why are we ranked sixth? Right. So I think it's that. And it's just going to be one of those things that they just got to keep it going. It seems like a respect thing right now. You know what I mean? They, they want it. Right. And that's what it is. Because Kansas is ranked number one right now, right? And what did they end up last year? I don't even think they made it to the final four. Exactly. But but you come back in. So that name seemed like it jumped them up there. And it was they, – they brought back their star guard. And then they brought back the biggest transfer in the portal. Mm-hmm. Kansas did. Mm-hmm. So that gave them a – a little baby boost. And then I think it's the Bill Self still being there. He's one of the more notable long-term coaches. Uh, uh, NBA coach just coaching in the college ranks. Yeah, who's won championships before, who's done these things. Like, he just came off one two years ago. So mm-hmm. I think it's that versus the coaches that's around. Like, UNC's got a new coach. Duke got a new coach. Uh, Syracuse has a new coach. Like, it's these teams that's like, okay, when it comes to what gives Kansas the edge over these other guys – it is Bill Self. Okay. Makes sense. It does. Now, check this out. Now, number six, Houston right now. I don't think they lost a game. Houston is a team that you only hear about when it comes to NCAA March Madness. But they always did. I think of this team as kind of more blue-collar, street ball type. They just get in there, and they just ball. And they be hungry all year long. They rank number six right now. They took care of Manhattan, 79-44. But, you know, Cry gave them 24. Roberts gave them 13. Shea gave them uh, 13. And Sharp gave them 11. This is is another one of those teams who – know what type of program they have. Right. Know what type of players they need to bring in. And they always have that one guy who can take over again. Mm-hmm. Last couple of years it was Marcus Sasser out there and, and now it's now I think it's more of a community thing. They're gonna do it by committee. Yeah. But I still I still think like she LJ Cryer out there, they still have guys who can go in and get hot and take over a game. And I I gotta watch more of them. Uh-huh. It's, the way they've played and been consistent these past couple of years, it has again, you can only point to culture, especially in college. Right. Because it's a revolving door of players. Mm-hmm. So if you can keep your team relevant and playing the style of basketball you want them to play, it shows you establish something that they believe in, even the people coming in. It's quick for you to believe in. So that just puts you that much more ahead of the Occur, and that makes it makes plenty of sense to me, man. Like you say, if you can build on something and then you get that experience in there, that's that's exactly what you want. Okay, Oklahoma played USC, which is number twenty three right now. This was a close game. Oklahoma won that thing seventy two to seventy. Uh, uh, McCollum gave him eighteen. Uh, Owen Owen gave him sixteen. Uh, Hugley gave him fourteen. 
Uh, so what what do you think about that USC team with uh, Ellis giving them sixteen, K. Johnson giving them sixteen, and it's DJ uh, Rodman who I think it is Dennis Rodman. Son. I thought so. Mm-hmm. So what he gave him ten. So what do you think about this USC team? They rank number twenty three right now, but they got something to prove. They lost this game by two to Oklahoma, but they still in they still ranked. I don't think Oklahoma's ranked. No, they they'll probably drop out after this loss. Mm-hmm. USC will, but um, it's just a weird. Thing out there, they, I think they still have the players to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, like Boogie Elliott, Isaiah Collier, DJ Rodman, LeBronny's supposed to be there. Yeah, what's what's the status on that? He's back warming up and practicing and things like that. It's mm-hmm. just trying to, you know, that's a heart thing. Mm-hmm. You don't want to play around with that at all. Conditioning and everything. Trying to get back into see how far he can push. Kind of like a Demar Hamlin type situation, yeah, man. So, it's it's a weird situation for them, and this is a close game, so I'm not gonna put too much into it. Mm-hmm. We know close games can go either, either way. way, but it's gonna knock them out of the top 25, right? For, yeah. for at least for and now. If you're, if you're at 23 and you lose to an unranked team, you're gonna drop. You're gonna drop. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Okay, well, listen now, uh, Baylor. You know they they took it. They number 13 right now. Uh, they they uh, beat uh, Florida uh, 95. Uh, to 91 uh, So that was a nice Little close game uh, Bridges for Baylor Gave him 23 Our Dennis gave him 24 And Love gave him 16 So uh, as far as This Baylor team I don't think They lost uh, this season So is this Are they a team To be reckoned with What you expect out of them They gonna make A, a noise in here Yeah nah They're a team to, You don't wanna play them Okay Because they're Defensively in your face mm. for 40 minutes. Oh, yeah, that's what you want. They're in your face for 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And they're another team who can come at you so many different ways. Their last guy on the roster, the last guy in rotation played 29 and gave him 16 minutes. Exactly. I mean, 16 points. Yeah. Jacoby Walter is their, uh, their five-star freshman that right. was supposed to come in and take over. They only needed 11 from him this game. <laughs> so they're a team who, like I said, they're going to play defense. Mm-hmm. And then you also got a guard, too. Mm-hmm. So that's a recipe for just wearing you down for 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to these close games, it puts us in that much better of a position because we already know we can defend and we know we can make shots. But now y'all are just that much more tired, have to work for everything you've got. Right. Yeah, because, man, anytime you get a team, I don't care who it is and what sport you're playing, if you're willing to play offense and defense, then you're willing to win. And that's what they – like I said, having an identity in college mm-hmm. uh, set you up already a couple. Yeah, some of these teams got five stars. But having that identity, having something that you know what your team is going to do. Mm-hmm. Defense has been Baylor's thing for the past couple years. When they won that championship with Davion Mitchell, right. his whole thing was making guys have off nights. Mm-hmm. If you could get your team, and these is young guys, we're talking 18, 19, 20-year-olds. If you can get them to buy in on that side of the floor, Mm -hmm. the rest is going to come. The rest is going to come. I seen DeJounte Murray say, Kawhi told him, don't worry about going out there scoring 20 points. Make the all-defensive team. Mm -hmm. Then you'll be on the floor. Right. Then you have no choice but to score. (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. Okay, then you had Alabama, and then you had Oregon. So uh, Alabama right now, when you think of Alabama, you kind of think more of a football team, but they do have a basketball team, too. They're trying to build it up. Exactly. Well, Alabama took care of Oregon this night. Alabama had 99, Oregon had 91. And for Alabama, Estrada gave him 22, Sears gave him 27, and Griffin gave him 17. So uh, what you think about that uh, little combination right there with Alabama? What we need to look for? Uh, it's going to be – they're going to be around. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're much of a threat mm-hmm. to 
make a long a deep run right in the tournament. Mm-hmm. But they'll be interesting to watch. They'll mm-hmm. uh, make teams compete. Spoiler alerts. You have to respect them. Right. Okay. You have to respect them. I can see them beating uh, Kentucky this year. Yeah. Just because of, like I said, Kentucky's bringing in five, six freshmen. Mm-hmm. Compared to this team who I think Sears has been here for a little bit now. Pringle's been here for a little while now. So it's that vet thing versus, yeah, y'all have the talent. Mm-hmm. We have a little bit more knowledge. Right. And you know how knowledge is power. Okay, now let's, let's start to do, do this right here. Now let's talk about the number one Kansas team, which was we kind of been building up and everything up to this point. So Kansas played Tennessee. Number one Kansas played number seven Tennessee. Uh, Kansas won that game 69 to 60. So you got your boy KJ Adams Jr. with 13, Dickinson with 17, McCullough with 14. Uh, so, and you know, you, and then you got Bill Self coaching them. So um, it, how long you think uh, number uh, Kansas is going to stay number one? Because, uh, you know, they're going to get their best shot from every single team every single night. So you tell me, like, how you feel about this Kansas thing when and how new, far? When the new rankings come out, they won't be number one. Okay. They, I think number one should be either Marquette or Purdue. Okay. Just because Marquette did beat them. Marquette just beat them, I want to say, two games ago. Okay. So, they yeah, seven, oh, right before this game, Marquette beat them 73-59. Mm-hmm. That's a double-digit victory. Mm-hmm. And they was already number four. Right. Gotcha. I think that's the best win on the season so far in the most dominant way. Mm-hmm. So they should be number one. You can't move Purdue from number two because they haven't done anything to hurt themselves. Right. Arizona, they'd probably stay number three. Mm-hmm. If not, swap with Purdue. But and then Kansas probably ends up at four just because that's where they lost. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think you punish a team for losing to a, another top four, top five team. Right. Okay, well, like that. With that being said, all right, you do know the number two Purdue, like you said, they beat Marquette, that number two, number four matchup. So that it, it, it is what it needs to be right now then, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's, it's just going to wait till the new things come out. But one-two should be a, a combination of Purdue-Marquette. Right. Whatever way you – However you want to flip it you up. You can cut it. Mm-hmm. I think so. But Arizona also does have an argument with the Duke win and just having that Michigan State win. Okay. So, uh, Edie in that game against Marquette that they won 78 to 75, he had 28. B. Smith had 18. And L. Jones had 11. So, like you say, they're going to be the team basically to reckon with, right? They got staying power. Yeah, for the rest of this, right now is Purdue. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to beat Purdue. They got the last year's player of the year who's coming back, trying to win back to back. So, it's like they're a team with culture and also a guy. Mm-hmm. So, it's going to be, you got to watch out for them, you got to respect them. And they've shown we can beat the best teams in the nation. We're not just one of those teams dancing around on the outskirts. Right. We're here to try to bring this thing home. Absolutely. Well, I love it. You know, we're going to keep watching and we're going to keep making it do what it do. So uh, let's see uh, uh, how all of this kind of pans out. We're going to keep right on rolling when it comes to uh, that basketball thing and uh, how we uh, make that happen. Now, let's talk about women's college basketball, baby. You know, we're taking them up off the bottom line and we're talking about them. You hear me? Here at WD Podcast, we love women's sports and we're going to make sure that we discuss it. Now, listen, you took you had K-State. They beat Western Kentucky uh, 77 61, you know, Lee gave him 16, and Sundale gave him 21. So that was a nice little win right there. But how about this little triple double, baby? Lego Walker for Washington State, hitting with 15, 13, and 11 as uh, Washington State beat Maryland. 
Okay, 87-67. What you think about that triple-double and how they doing and, and, and things as far as Washington is concerned? Because they beat, uh, at that next game, they beat UMass. So they rolling right now. Yeah, 7-0, I believe. And that's just, that ain't nothing but a confidence builder mm-hmm. going forward. To be able to look at their stats against this Maryland team, it's six players in double digits. And like you said, that triple-double from your point. Um, it's like I said, it's a confidence builder. So they'll build up some momentum going forward. They'll be playing uh, Texas and so it's another cupcake game for them coming mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. It's just building off of this, mm-hmm. trying to keep it going. Right. Um, I don't know much about the roster, mm-hmm. but they seem to make. They seem like they're making yeah, some they, noise right now. They, ain't they seem like they're gonna be somebody to you got to defend. Right. All right. Well, how about this right here? Uh, Colorado, not not the football team, but the women's college basketball team is number three. Now, with they they taking they was uh they won back to back games and Von Lay she been on fire, man. She took in uh, Colorado beat Cincinnati, uh, seventy seven to sixty. Von Lay had thirteen. Then Colorado turned around and beat Kentucky ninety six to fifty three. Okay, so she's super red hot. But here's the thing: once Colorado met NC State, they got popped in the mouth and got their first loss. Von Lay that day five points. They locked her up. But how you feel they gonna go uh, uh going forward? Uh, they just got it. They're so three point heavy. Yeah, like that's where they try to get a lot of their shots from. Man, when you fall in love with that three pointer, man, you're really rolling the dice yeah. any given night. So when you go seven for twenty five, compared to they got four of them for four for thirteen, and then they play better just all over the floor when it comes to field goal percentage wise, it's hard because half of your shots came from three. Mm-hmm. When they took 58 and only 13 of theirs came from three. So they're getting better looks. Right. Compared to what y'all are getting. And if y'all aren't hitting, it's just that much harder. You got to get that many more stops and try to catch up. Live by the three and die by the three. That's pretty much what it is. Mm-hmm. It was just a bad shooting night for them. Well, that's good. And, you know, teams can be hot and cold and everything. But I do want to take it for NC State, number 10 ranked NC State. With that night that they knocked off number three, Colorado, 78 to, to uh, 60. I want to give James and Baldwin a dynamic duo award nomination because they combined for 39 points that night, man, in order to make that win happen against that number three Colorado team, which, like you say, may drop a little bit. But uh, we're going to keep it going. Now, listen, when you think about Princeton, you think about Ivy League school lawyers and doctors and stuff. But this night, uh, Princeton took and put 77 on the doctor's table and knocked off number Oklahoma with 63. Chin had 20. And St. Rose had 26. So, uh, I think Princeton, man, you know, sometimes they forget about them, but they got a decent team as well. They play basketball too. That's all they're trying to tell people, bro. This sports is not a... It's not a thing where... They got pride too. They they go to practice every day. Mm-hmm. They 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 were the best players on their high school team as well. Right. They just decided to go somewhere where the degree means a little bit. <laughs> so let's not do that. <laughs> let's not do that. They, 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 they see basketball not as a career. This ain't the end all be all for them. Right. But right. They can still come out here and hoop. Uh huh. Then they got them angles down pat. So don't think. <laughs> I don't think that this is – and it shows. And I think um, this has nothing to do with women's basketball, but just the Ivy League thing, Harvard next year in mm-hmm. men's mm-hmm. is getting too 
dominant backcourt guards. Wow. I hope people who have Harvard on their schedule next year aren't looking at them like, oh, we better go play some nurses. Because mm-hmm. they going to hoop on y'all and then go ace their AP calculator. <laughs> So, <laughs> he does stickle. He is MC squared. So it's still there. Put some respect <laughs> on them. Put some respect on them. And know that they're hoopers as well who just have a little bit more going for themselves. I understand, man. And I love it, too. I love it. Now, check this out. Now, NC State, man, they won back-to-back games. NC State beat Kentucky 84-55. to Then they turned around and beat Cincinnati 79-45. to Your girl Hayes dropped 15. Rivers dropped 13, you know. So they in double digits on that. So, you know, when you think about basketball, you do think about NC State. How about them girls' NC State basketball team, baby? Oh, yeah, sitting at number 10, 7 and 0 right now. They will be moving up after that big win against number 3. Right. So I think they're putting it together. Mm-hmm. And it's good to have it coming together so early. Right. Especially being in that ACC where, yeah, we might not have the top ranked teams mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. but. ACC is a basketball conference. Right. Whether it's women's or men's, you're going to get the best talent that you're going to play out there night in and night out. Absolutely. So you want to get these games, get these wins, and that's a good win against a good Colorado team before you get into that conference schedule. Absolutely. So we're going to definitely keep our eyes open on this. Now, this right here, man, I took you, listen, when I seen this score, I had to bring out my calculator and then I had to put it up and then I had to take and I had to, uh, you know, do tic-tac-toe and a piece a piece of paper and a couple of pens. So I had to make sure they was playing something. I was like, wait a I minute. I know where you're going. Yeah. Now, number one, South Carolina beat MC Valley 101 to 19. Baby, that's an 82 point win. Say who? I don't I don't know how I'm looking at this this statue right here. Right. Devilettes, I'm so sorry. But y'all need to find something else to do. <laughs> wait, wait a minute, man. There's no way you tell me you go 0 for 16, 0 for 10 from 3, 0 for 4, 0 for 7, 2 for 5, 3 for 14. Over two, over three, two for eight. Over <laughs> I exactly. You got y'all shot eight for sixty-seven, one for nineteen. What kind of rims were they shooting on? Because apparently South Carolina figured it out, but they didn't. Nineteen turnovers. Whoa. Mm. And you know, Don Staley got that South Carolina team playing defense first. That's it. Mm-hmm. And their team who like to get out and run. Like I said, Malaysia Full Wallet. You get her in the ball in transition, she's right. gonna make something happen. Mm-hmm. She's either gonna find somebody to dump it off to, mm-hmm. or that Kyrie layup package is gonna show itself. Exactly. So it's just, but. I don't even know why the coach signed y'all up for this. I hope the, <laughs> I hope the payday was worth it. You know how what I say? Uh, they need exercise too. I hope the payday was worth it. <laughs> I hope y'all get some new jerseys, new locker room, or something. Because y'all just she put y'all through a mental tribulation right now. <laughs> y'all, I know y'all had to go home and reconsider. <laughs> Everything that y'all thought up to this point. Right, exactly. Well, listen, I'm going to tell you something. South Carolina is so fun to watch. I love the way Don uh, Staley coached that team. And so, you know, we're going to keep our eyes on it and everything. We're going to get to LSU in a minute. She's just doing stuff. Right. She started all her seniors, I want to say. Yeah. She was like, yeah, fool Wally, just chill. We're going to bring you in. (laughs) We don't really need 
our best players right now. Right. Exactly. Oh, my goodness, man. But that's cool, though. Now, you know we're going to have to talk about the UNC women's basketball team. Listen, now, they they, they number 18 right now. Now, you remember how you, we were saying we was waiting for them to play somebody. So, you know, you took and UNC did play Vermont and beat them 54-51. That was a low-scoring low game. But Deja Kelly had 18. And Alyssa Usby, she had 15. Okay. But here's the thing. Then they turn around, and then you had a 16-18 matchup. 16-18 matchup. So you had UNC and Kansas State, where UNC picked up their first loss on that one. You know, so one thing that I was looking for is this right here. First of all, get ding their center didn't have no points. You can't have your center not score. Deja, she had 14, but us, we got locked up with just four points, and McPherson gave them 11. When, when I look at the, the UNC women's basketball team, the Tar Heels, uh, Deja Kelly and us, we can't continuously do it every night. They're going to need help. Yeah, and it's, it's a lot more than just the points from uh, the center. You can't have one rebound. And no points. And no points. Not from your center. And then your our, starting center. Yeah, our guard is lead and then rebounds. And I think she fouled out. Mm-hmm. So, and that's just, I, I put a lot on Paulina Paris, mm-hmm. our sophomore guard who's coming off the bench now. We need more from her. She is one of our better three-point shooters as well. She went 0 for 5 this night. Right. And that's another thing that happened this game. We fell in love with a three-point shot that wasn't falling. Right. Going 2 for 20 is not. And that's on coaching, too. You've got to see. I don't, want no, I don't want no more of them. Right. I don't want no more rush three-point shots. Run through with the offense. Try to get it down to Deja. If we cannot, somebody else will call a pick. Something, we need to get something going downhill and at the basket. Right, because threes is not falling, and we can't keep jacking them up. And that's it, absolutely, and that's something that I, that I noticed when it comes to basketball. It, it's all about it's really all about the adjustments and everything, you know. And, and that's on any level, but especially on the college level, if you see that hey, this is not what it is, make the adjustments, and, and you got to do it on the fly. And you know me in my playing days, mm-hmm. I was a shooter first. Mm-hmm. I was, and I think the coaches I had helped me. By holding me accountable. Right. To, yes, you can shoot. We all know you can shoot. But we all know it's a game-to-game thing. Mm-hmm. If your shot's not falling, what else can you do for us? Mm-hmm. That's where the diving on the floor for loose balls, playing defense, full court, 94 feet, mm-hmm. the the passing ability started showing more. Because, yeah, I can shoot. But if it's not falling and I want to stay on the floor, what else can I do to help this team win? Exactly. Exactly. And that makes so much sense. Now, listen, I know, listen, I just want to talk to you about this for a second because I know how much you, you love Clemson and Clemson love you, baby. But they lost this game this night. Uh, Mississippi State uh, put 81 up and Clemson put up 70, 78. But Robinson gave him 19. Uh, Whitehorn gave him 20. And four, uh, so, you know, that was like a, a nice little uh, a measuring tape right there as far as Clemson women's basketball. What you think? Yeah. Because uh, Miss, uh, Mississippi Mississippi State uh, is what? They 6-0 right now? 6-0. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like I said, they're one of those teams that probably don't have the staying power, the name power, the talent-wise yeah. on their roster. Mm-hmm. But to see that you can go out there and compete with, obviously, one of the better teams in the nation. They're in the top 25. They're undefeated. They're coming from that SEC. To be able to compete mm-hmm. early on, and that's what these early on games are pretty much to establish right where do we see ourselves going right this shows like y'all can be in that top conversation absolutely I just gotta put it a little bit more together cause I like it we was talking about three point shots they went 11 for 24 from three last mm-hmm. so that's that's 45% they can put the ball in the rim 
They can do those things. And that was just closing it out. And like we said, that was against one of the better teams. On paper, they're better than y'all. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't even expect you guys to be in that game. Right. Y'all lost by three. Take what y'all can from it, build on it. And what y'all can't be able make sure to correct that going forward. Yeah, and, and listen, they, they do have a winning record. They four and two at that is this at this current point. And so they're not a bad team. Their two losses was against South Carolina and Mississippi State. Yeah, they was, they were supposed to win They'll lose those games. They're probably one team in the nation uh-huh. and then arguably a top twenty five team and so it's just sitting right at twenty five so Mississippi State. Y'all didn't and then like I said, y'all won the games I was supposed to. And mm-hmm. it came the bounce back game from y'all lost hundred nine to forty. Cool. Mm-hmm. South Carolina's doing that to everybody. Right. You don't you don't hold your head on that loss. Right. You come back and you put up 102 points. Uh-huh. So that's just soaring y'all bounce back ability. Exactly. This is even better. It's a three-point loss. Bounce back from it. Let's keep going. Let's make it do exactly what it do. I love it. You, we always got to talk about a girl, Logo Clark. Logo Clark, uh, Caitlin Clark, uh, Iowa. She put up 29 uh, this night. Goodman helped her out with 16. And Stalic helped her out with 13. Uh, Iowa beat uh, Fort Wayne uh, 98 uh, to 59. But I want to run to this game right quick. The the number two, number six matchup. You would think maybe at glancing at this, it was an upset, but it wasn't. All right, so number two, UCLA. Uh, beat number six, uh, UConn, 78 to 67. Our girl Paige Beckers, you know she's coming off a significant leg injury. I think it was her knee. But she had 31 this night. Arnold gave him 11, and Griffin, Griffin gave him 11. They, they was, UConn was having a little bit of trouble with their defense. They wasn't playing none. And then they were standing around watching Paige play. Mm-hmm. But uh, So this it showed this night. But, um, I, you know, ever since, when you think about UConn, you think about the two birds. The, the, the top, Diana Taurasi's, uh, 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 Gino. Be stewed. Uh, yeah, and all of this good stuff right here. Uh, he is building this team back up and everything, but do you think they're gonna make some noise this year? Um, I know that I think they lost one of their better players to mm. an injury. Yeah. a couple games ago. Right. Um, but they're a team where you can't count them out because Gino knows how to get his team to play the best ball when it gets when it comes time to. Right. And then Paige is gonna get better as the season goes on. Once she starts getting back into actual basketball shape, playing live action games, it's gonna get better for her. It's just UCLA is an um. I think they need to be talked about more. Mm-hmm. I get their number two, but there you don't you don't hear them. Ozzy Fudge, she took she had a significant uh, yeah. knee injury, so she's a big part of that team too, right? Because she's the one who kept them afloat last year when Paige went down. Mm-hmm. So she's a big part of that team, right? Um, is figuring out how to replace what she brought. And then also getting Paige back into being yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be, and like I said, UCLA, you run into a UCLA team who a lot of people aren't respecting their ranking. Because they're they 5-0 right now. The best way I can say it is they're not respecting their ranking. Right. They see the number two, but they're thinking to us like, they're not, num- they're not better than us. They're not number two, really. It's a mixture of people who lost ahead of them. Right. Things like that. But me, I actually think they're a decent basketball team. Mm-hmm. Who I think they are a step behind like a South Carolina, um, an LSU when they get their full team back. Teams like that. Mm-hmm. But they're right there. Mm-hmm. They have Kiki White, Kiki Rice, who's a freshman who's only going to get better. Same thing I said about Juju Watkins last year. Right. I mean, last um, episode. Pro game. So smooth. <laughs> it's so smooth. And it's just, it reminds you of an NBA point guard. Mm-hmm. Like, she knows what spot she wants to get to. She knows how to set up a D to get her players involved. Right. She's so smart when it comes to it. She has talent around her. You, 
Osborne went six for ten from three. That's something that you you got a guy who goes you got a player who goes six for ten from three. I think that puts you ahead of almost any other team because mm-hmm. that's something that you can't. A lot of teams aren't going to be able to match that. Right. Was that sixty percent? Yeah. Oh, so you hitting? You making it do exactly what it do? And that makes a lot of sense to me. So check this out. Now you know Stanford, number four Stanford, and everything on women's college basketball. Uh, they took and they played Florida State. Now was it what? What um didn't uh, Shaq's uh, daughter go? Where she go to? She went to Florida. Florida. Okay. Be there next year. All right. Okay. Next year. All right. Well, this night Stanford played uh, Florida State, number four Stanford. Uh, they beat them hundred to eighty eight. Now all all five of the starters for Florida State was in double digits, uh, but that wasn't quite enough for uh, for Cameron Brinkin and her team. She had nine. 19 points and nine rebounds in only 16 minutes, and four of their five starters was in double digits. So you know, I really like Brink, man. She's really, really good with what she do. Uh, I I see him doing some 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 real big things. That 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 um that post combination of Brink and Kiki is gonna be something that's tough to deal with. Right. It reminds me of what they had back with Aaliyah Boston mm-hmm. and Roger Wilson for that couple. Mm-hmm. It's just both of them is so good. They both can score. They're both willing to defend. And Kiki's a monster on the board. Right. That game where she gave 30 and 17, mm-hmm. 14 for 25, no threes. That's not, that's just bully ball. Right. <laughs> there's no other way to, that's just bully ball. Yeah. And you get Cameron Brink, 7 of 11, 19 with nine boards. 16 minutes. That just shows you, like, she can come in and dictate a game mm-hmm. that fast. Mm-hmm. She can change the game that fast. They're up and down this roster. I think they're good and they're deep. They know they can play all these guys, right? And know what to get from them. Florida State is a good team, right? It shows. I want to hang my head on this loss mm-hmm. because you can't expect one person to come out and give you thirty and seventeen, right? You can't expect it. That's something that's hard to combat with. You got to play even that much better on you. And y'all guys played amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to take that away from y'all. Y'all played amazing. When you got all star, all all five of your starters in double figures, man, you hooping. Y'all playing great. Y'all are playing great. And like I said, um, who is it? Timpson, Michaela Timpson, their center, gave you 10 and 10. So mm-hmm. she didn't play bad. Mm-hmm. She just ran into somebody who was on another level tonight. Exactly. And you know, Brink, man, she's long and she's will- and she's taking, she's coordinated and she's willing to take and put in that dirty work. She She'll defend. block you. She and, that run. And listen, and she's one of the greatest uh, free throw shooters there is, man. Do you, you, it ain't no, this is not the Shaq technique. You found her, she's going to make her shots. Absolutely. Well, listen, you know what we're going to have to have? We got to finish up the women's college basketball with LSU with the ooh, ooh, ooh. Listen, I'm going to put it right here. I'm going to put it right here for you so you go ahead and you can break this thing down like water because that's what we do. Now, yeah, okay, uh, LSU beat Niagara. They were supposed to, okay? Plage gave him 14 that night. Again, you, you had Angel Reese was a DNP. All right, but here's here's the thing. Now you, now you playing some teams. Number seven, LSU played Virginia, Okay. LSU 76, Virginia 73. LSU barely escaped in this game. Monroe gave him 37. Flaget only gave him six. Van Light 24, and Angel Reese was a DNP. Now, when you think about that, okay, now, now let, let's just, it's, it's the eye test. We ain't getting too deep into anything that's not happening on the court, but they miss Angel Reese. Yeah, and, and the quality player she is, you you can't help but miss it, right? Because it takes like we just talked about with Kiki for Stanford. Mm-hmm. 
Anissa Morrow gave y'all 37 and 16. Right. Y'all won this game by 30. Mm-hmm. When you look at Kiki's production, that gave him a double-digit win. Mm-hmm. Almost 100, 100 points. Right. Because... She, it came elsewhere as well. Mm-hmm. Those it turned into extra possessions and things like that. She probably kicked out a lot, things like that. This is showing without Angel Reese, y'all really don't. If Flaje plays bad, y'all don't have that scoring production. Yeah, you do. You really don't have a chance to win. She had six points this night, man. Six points. So it takes. It, it's gonna. Do you think Anissa Morrow can give you this? Every other night when Flaugier plays bad. Man, you're definitely seeing chinks in the armor right now. Something going to have to give, man. It's coming to a head. Now, whatever whatever's this take has been undiscussed need to be discussed because I'm telling you, you see this right here, like exactly what you said. They, they probably weren't supposed to win this game. But, you know, because Virginia played great. Burnell gave 15, Clark gave 19, Vaughn gave 13. You know what I'm saying? You're talking about double digits on the other side. They escaped out of the skin of their teeth. Yeah, and Haley Van Leaf hasn't fully looked like herself on this LSU team. Right. It's just going to take – and I think, yeah, you got to figure it out. Angel's not even traveling with the team, so it's something there you got to figure out. You got to find a way to get her back on the court. You have to because, listen, only seven players played this night for LSU too. So you now you're talking about a short bench. Yeah. And Paul gave you two for six over like is in thirty three minutes. It's not ideal, right? It's not ideal. And you get Virginia Tech next, who's a number nine team. They're not the same as a Virginia. Mm-hmm. Y'all aren't gonna be able to get that thirty seven eighteen game from one player. No, they're gonna lock her up. And they are also gonna be better offensively. You would expect so. Absolutely. So it's going. Y'all gotta figure it out. And it's not something that's gonna be easy. Mm-hmm. It's gonna take a lot of self evaluation. It's gonna take a lot of how bad do y'all want this? Mm-hmm. The smoke itself is starting to clear, and now you taking you you seeing the bare bones now, and it's gonna get to where something like what you said is gonna have to change because it, with Angel Reese not on that floor. LSU will not be repeating. And when you got South Carolina dropping 100 on their first three opponents and everything, Don Staley is hungry. They're playing defense. They're playing offense. You got your Kyrie on that team. You know, full right. You know, you love her. You love her. We all do and everything. Wonderful basketball to watch. Wonderful basketball to play. They they bought all the way in. It's South Carolina's team to lose right now. Oh, yeah. By far, they're the heavy on favorites. Even this early on, mm-hmm. not, you don't see anybody in the same realm as them. And it doesn't even look close. Exactly. Man, I love it. Hey, listen, you know we're going to change gears for a second, baby, because what, what we have? We have uh, uh, elimination in the NBA, baby, okay? Elimination uh, in the association. Now, right now, we're going to have to talk about the in-season tournament. That's what we do. Uh, we want to let you know what's going on, bring you all the way up to date. Now, right now, Washington, Chicago, Toronto, OKC, the San Antonio Spurs, and the Grizzlies have been eliminated from the in-season tournament. So far, I don't know if it's going to be a situation where those other two teams that come in, if they're the ones that ends up second or not. We don't know, but we will see. Uh, this is the first time for this thing. But in the end season tournament, we have got to talk about the Boston Celtics and the Orlando Magic, man. You told me, you said Orlando ain't the same team. Orlando is on a six game win streak. They had a 11 and five. Orlando, yes, Orlando Magic beat the Celtics a 12 and 14. 
resulting 113 to 96, man. Tatum only gave him 26, but then that's hey, that ain't bad. Uh, uh, Jalen Brown gave him 18, D White 16, Porzingis only gave him nine, and I think Holiday might have been a, D- a DNP. How you feel about this, Orlando? Beating the Celtics 113 to 96 in the in season tournament, baby. I think it speaks more on Orlando does it does against Boston. I think it's more benefit kudos to them versus I'm more concerned with Boston. Okay, well, let's talk about Boston then. No, I'm saying it's oh. I'm more kudos to Orlando than I'm not really concerned with Boston. Okay, okay, all right, I got you. So with me, it's they're second in the East, Orlando Magic is. Mm-hmm. They're not as bad as people say and I think it's because of that stigma of what they've been the last couple of years. Well, they don't have Steve Clifford as their coach or no more? And they have, <laughs> and like I said, they built this roster. They they got the player they wanted in Paolo. Yeah. But they have also did the things before he got there that sets this team up to be successful. They went and got um, Franz Wagner. Mm-hmm. A great, versatile Four three player gave him seventeen this night. They went and got his brother Mo, who comes in every certain times and and helps that. Like he he's one of those role players who can give you twelve to fifteen certain nights. Gave him twenty seven this night. So <laughs> then you get you got Banchero twenty three. Cole Anthony sixteen. Cole Anthony, another one of those people questioning him coming out of North Carolina. He's a solid guard, mm-hmm. and then their guard is by committee. They have Jalen Suggs. They got Markel Folks who. They gave him a chance after that failed experiment in Philly. They got Anthony Black this year in the draft, who once he gets going, that guard rotation is going to be heavy. It's not going to be, oh, our number one is going to give you 30. No, by four of us is going to give you 30. <laughs> I love it, it cool. man. I love team basketball, period, though. And it's fine. And they're, they're not – they don't have the egos because all of them came from – Colin Anthony, you ain't playing in North Carolina because you broke your back. Mm-hmm. Markel Folks, you didn't play in Philly because you forgot how to. Uh, <laughs> Jalen yeah. Suggs, it was so many questions about you coming in because you weren't that top player until you went on that stretch in the NCAA turn. Right. Um, Anthony Black, we still got to see about you because you're coming from Arkansas, not necessarily a basketball, not known for putting out basketball talents. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's a kudos to their organization right. and a kudos for their players to say yeah, we're not just going to lay down and be mm-hmm. the Orlando Magic. Mm-hmm. No, we're changing the culture. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get back to playoffs every year. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going in that direction. This Absolutely. is a good thing to have up under your belt against, like we said all the time, probably the most complete team. Mm-hmm. You caught them when they don't have everybody good. Take advantage of it. Right. So, yeah, you got you got to make that happen and everything. Cause when I think about the Orlando Magic and everything, and these this this could be a couple of different errors, okay. But I, when I, I'm just saying, when I just think about uh, a strong uh, Orlando Magic team, you think about Penny Hardaway, okay. You think about Shaq. Or you think about uh, Dwight Howard. Dwight's team. You see what I mean? Uh, so, listen, they making noise in the East, baby. So, you know they're going to be a team to contend with. And they showed it this night because it was even scoring. It was a team effort. And they came out with the dub. And congratulations on the six-game win streak so far. Hey, this a- is what I want to point out for them. Okay, point it. Because this is big with them being so young. Mm-hmm. They're number three in opponent's points per game. So, that's defensive ranking. They're number three. They're number six in opponent's average score margin. They're number 10 in opponents' fast points per game. They're number 8 in points in the paint for their opponents. They're number 2 in opponent assists per game. Wow. They're number 4 in opponents' total rebounds. There it is. They're number 2 in opponents' assists to Keep it coming. And they're number 1 in opponents' assists to turnover ratio. Ding, 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 ding. For a 
young team to be top ten <laughs> in every single defensive category there is, uh-huh. the league is in trouble. Exactly. Exactly. That's the hardest thing for young guys to learn. Mm-hmm. The points is going to come. The fact that they're already bought in defensively, I would be scared. As the rest of the, y- y'all have the superstar power now mm-hmm. that's going to buy y'all some games, maybe a series against us now. Going forward, when Paolo takes that next bump, when Franz takes that next leap, when these guards all come together, y'all ain't y'all ain't going to be able to just bank on one superstar. Right. Like, no, we're going right. to be able to beat y'all as a team. And, and and also with all that being said and putting it all up all together and a nice little bow on it, they beat the Boston Celtics, which arguably is the team to beat coming out of the East. Period. Yep. They've already done that, so they believe. Already they believe. Okay, you got another team that's on a six game win streak. Now how about them Phoenix Suns, baby? Now listen, it's a couple things I do want to break both of these teams down. But first and foremost, the Suns beat the Grizzlies one ten to eighty nine. Okay, Suns six game win streak. Now, your boy uh, Devin Booker went off for 40. Okay, I think KD might have been a DMP that night. He, uh, he needs some rest. Right, then because he's been winning all these games up until then. Eric Gordon gave him 20. Uh, Grayson Allen gave him 14. The Goodwin gave him 14. Now, h- how you feel about this uh, Phoenix Sun and a um, on a six-game win streak with Devin, Devin Booker dropping 40? Uh, they still haven't got a healthy Bradley Bill yet. And then KD had a rest this night and still got 110 to 89 over the grids. It just shows you how dangerous this team is can really be. Right. That's all you can think about without them having a full roster. Mm-hmm. It just shows how because, and like we said, this is Devin Booker dropping 40. Mm-hmm. Without a KD who's playing the best basketball probably in the past five years. Right. He's shooting over 50% from three. He's um, playmaking now because he hasn't had Devin Booker or Bradley Bill. Right. He's on the boards now because they don't have that DeAndre, they have Nurkic who's a decent center, but KD has to do so much more. Or he has had to do so much more at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Having Devin come back, and I think he's he's came back after this injury, and he's averaging twenty. So he's picking up right where he exactly right where he left off. I mean, he's breaking records right now in thirty-five point games and plus and over. He's just he's on fire. So and then now this is what we wanted to see: mm-hmm. eight point six assists. Mm-hmm. That's what's gonna make this team shooting and sharing. That's what's gonna make this team. Dangerous mm-hmm. going forward because mm-hmm. he didn't. When he's when they're healthy, he's still gonna be able to give you thirty plus. Mm-hmm. He's, that that threat's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. But now you have to worry about him playmaking as well. Does not assist now that I'm passing to KD and Bradley Bill might turn to fifteen assist. Mm-hmm. And then we got to get you got to understand he hasn't played with Nurkic. He hasn't played with a lot of these guys until the past three games. Right. Once that chemistry starts coming in, that pick and roll starts getting more cohesive. They are dangerous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've seen just a random, we've seen the Nuggets have been struggling when they're not healthy. Exactly. With Jamal Murray out and everything. You Jamal Murray it's a 50-50 toss-up every game, single night. That team mm-hmm. is they're not the same. Right. Suns are showing we can take out two of these guys. And still win. And be fine. Yep. So, when it comes playoffs time, that's going to be something that, in the stretch, I won't even say playoffs, but that last little stretch where everybody's jockeying for positions and seeding, mm-hmm. that last little stretch is going to prove vital mm-hmm. to this Phoenix Suns team. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that last chicken nugget, that little last scoop of ice cream, you know what I mean? That last fry that's at the very bottom of the bag, yeah. that's when they're going to be playing their best. Hey, listen, now I do want to talk about the Grizzlies before we go on. First of all, they sit at 3-12 and 12 right now. Not a very good team. They have no John Morant, but we know that. But they still not going to have him for 10 more games, okay? Now, with, 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 now, what about this right here? Derrick Rose gave him 17 this game. Jay Jackson Jr. gave him 13. Roddy, 14. And Aldama gave him 21. Now, I just want to know, what do you see? Because we know right now they're not a really good team because their offense is not out there on the court. But where do you see this team possibly going when John Morant returns? Got 10 more games to go, and they're going to lose some more games. But where is the Grizzly headed? I think it's too too far behind to save their season. Already? Already. Oh, wow. 3-12, the Marcus Smart experiment is not really – Showing anything, he's already missing games, um, and it's just showing that they don't have a team around John. You can only expect him to do so much when he comes back. Yes, they don't really have the twenty-one shot, the twenty-one points they're leading score. It took him twenty shots to get that. Mm. That's inefficient, if I should say so myself. <laughs> Jared Jackson has to do more right. in this time. You have to show that you're a legit. Second option. Mm-hmm. We're not saying come out and be, um, who could I? We're not saying come out and be dirt. Mm-hmm. We're not saying come out and be Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. We're saying come out and be somebody though. Right. Right. Be somebody. Exactly. Now you're. Now we're just. You're out there, Desmond Bain. Is I think is putting too much of a spotlight on their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Teams are know they can't score. Right. Without Ja, and when Ja comes back, now we know. Who to lock up? Stop job. Right. Really just stop job. Mm-hmm. Let them go out there and do what they've been doing up until this point. Or he can drop a 50 or 60 piece and nobody else score. And nobody else. That's what cool. We, and I think that's what I mean by it's too late for them to save this season. Because mm-hmm. now, even when you bring job back, mm-hmm. we've seen how you try to, how trying to integrate a superstar as a John Morant right. into a roster. It, it can be rough because mm-hmm. now you've got to change almost everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm just hoping that when he do come back that he stays healthy because that's going to be like the only reason to watch those games to see what he's going to do and, you know, who's going to posterize. Hey, listen, I really did enjoy this game right here, man. And it was, it was close because when you think about it, the Knicks was re- – the, the, listen, the Heat was really in control of this game. Like the whole game. They was in control. But the Knicks found some way to win. The Knicks beat the Heat 100-98. to Okay, the Heat, Jimmy Butler gave him 23, Adebayo gave him 21, Richardson gave him 12. Jay Jaquez Jr., which I want to talk about him, gave him 15. But like you said, Jalen Brunson on the other side uh, for the Knicks gave him 24, quickly 20, R.J. Barrett 13, and Julius Randle, even if he did fall in love with the three-pointer, it didn't really matter because he was sharing the ball. So Knicks 100, Heat 98. Talk to me. This is just, like you said, it was a good game. Up until that final shot. Right. Um, the Heat just got... I think they need something else. They're missing, I think, another piece or two that'll put them over the top. Like Where's their weakness? Where's the Heat's weakness right now? They, because they had 10 and 6. They are, I look at them as a blue-collar team. Eric Spolster do have them playing, but they're probably not winning all the games they should have won. Yeah, and I think it's, I think it's really just... They need somebody who can take some of the pressure off Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Mm-hmm. Like, legit every night be a constant threat to actually score. Did Tyler Hero play this night? No. Okay. And I think that's what it's going to be. He's going to have to be that guy. 
Because, yeah, I would say guard play mm-hmm. is their biggest because they're running out Kyle Lowry, Josh Richardson, um, and Hawkins, who's more of a three, if you ask me. Jay Jr. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about I don't know a lot about, about him, man. Well, you know, because, uh, see, you know, I don't really know. Where did he come from in, in- UCLA? Okay. He came from UCLA. Um, he was a part of that team where they made like a deep NCAA run two years ago. Yeah. He's a certified bucket getter. Mm-hmm. He's somebody who knows how to put the ball in the hoop. Right. Um, he was a late draft. One of those heat picks. Mm-hmm. He's one of those heat. He fit, he fit their system. He fits exactly what they want to do. Not high maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't be in the media. Not he just want to play basketball. Right. So he fits. You know, usually they go undrafted things like that. They got him in a late first round. Mm-hmm. But he's still that type of guy with. He has something to prove. Exactly. Like a lot of people didn't look at him as a first round. A lot of people didn't look at him as getting drafted at all. Mm-hmm. But if you know basketball and you watched him. You know he has the tools to. He's not athletic. He's not. But he can get above the rim. Mm-hmm. He can shoot the ball. He can play defense. He can do all of those little things coming into the league, so why not take a chance on him, build it up, develop it? And that's what the Heat are known for doing. Right. Getting those players that people sleep on who have those they have those um tangibles and they develop them. Right. So that's I think that's just what they're doing with him. Still is gonna be filling that I think it's just filling out that roster a little more to be championship contenders. Yeah. Because we know Jimmy can will you guys to a championship, I don't think he can will you guys to win and win. Right, yeah, and and that is true, and it makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of a lot of players like playing for Eric Spoelstra. He, I mean, he's just he's just a, he's just that kind of coach. He's going to hold you accountable, <clears throat> but he still is the person you want to take and play for. Now you know how just the New York Knicks—they are who they are. They're the New York Knicks, okay? Uh, Tibbs do have them at nine and six right now. But uh, what what do you, what do you think? You know, as far as as, as that's concerned, it's just going to be a team that's just going to be. Okay to watch. It's going to be nice to watch him, but that's about it. Yeah, and you know, New York going to get shoved down, shoved in your face anyway. Yeah. The Knicks going to get shoved in your face anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Jalen Brunson is exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle are names. Yeah, and I think I, really I, I just... I to watch them play, though, but, if but, I'm being honest. Yeah, but they, take, they, they, they really need to play better. And it got to be more consistent. Right. It has to be more consistent. Like I said, Jalen Brunson needs to be what he was last night, y'all, best player. He right. needs to get those 16 shots up. Mm-hmm. He has to do that. But they got five for 12, one for four from three. Like, like you said, that's settling. Mm-hmm. That's settling for those four threes. Mm-hmm. R.J. Barrett. This is one of your better games, seven for fourteen. But again, one for five from three. Mm-hmm. All you guys can't shoot one for four, one for four, <laughs> one for five, one for three, one for three, one for two. That's not a winning in, combination in at all. NBA, no. that's a whole different ball game. Right. Everybody's shooting threes now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I got you. Well, cool. Now let's move on a little bit. Now the, Ra- the Raptors beat the Bulls one twenty one one oh eight. Cool. You taking the Kings beat the T Wolves one twenty four one eleven. Cool. Now you taking you got like you said the Denver Nuggets lost against those Houston Rockets one oh five eighty six. We know Jamal Murray did not play. The Joker gave you what he could give with thirty eight. KCP with twenty. I think they need to get more out of Michael Porter Jr. He only gave him fourteen, which was not enough. But you love your boy Sengun. You love him. He gave you 21 that night for them Rockets, baby. Jalen Green gave you 25. And Van Fleek made it reek for 17. Tell me this isn't a baby Joker stat run. Yeah. Joker had 30, 19, and 8. 
Sagoon gave you 21, 15, and 8. <laughs> You've been saying it every podcast, man. That's that he he the man. He's the man. He's legit that I won't say he's one of those top centers. Mm. But he has that potential to be right up in that conversation. Exactly. With the Joker, with the Joel Embiid. And we gotta understand he's only in his second, third year. Right. Joke. We weren't seeing this from Joker in his second, third year. Mm-mm. We were still having. We was barely seeing Joel play in his second and third year. Mm-hmm. This is and then to have the players he has around him. He right. has his Jamal Murray and Jalen Green, but he also has a point guard out there every night that he can depend on in Fred VanVleet. He also has Dylan Brooks, who is going to be out there chippy defending guy, and then Jabari Smith Jr., who we're still waiting to take that leap, but he's shown flashes. Right. This team is one of those other teams that's done everything right mm-hmm. leading up to this point. They changed the coach and the culture. It, all, all in an offseason. Right. In one offseason. Mm-hmm. They brought in Emma Adoko, who, mm-hmm. who showed he could coach out there in Boston. Right. They didn't take all the off-court stuff into consideration. They knew what they needed, and they went and got that done. They had a um, distraction with Josh Christopher. Sent him away. Like, uh, the distraction with, um, what's the other guy's name? Kevin Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. As soon as it came out, sent it away. Right. They're showing like we're not trying to distract from anything other than basketball. We want y'all focused on basketball, and that's it. Right. We're not doing the James Harden strip club. We're not doing <laughs> none of that. It is proven. It's benefiting. It's working. It's benefiting. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's beautiful. We're going to continue to watch them. Now, how about this right here? I think that the Bucs uh, should have won this game by more than what they did, okay? Because the, the Milwaukee Bucks had 131 in the district. Yeah, the, the Washington uh, Wizards, right, uh, they had 128. Okay, so what you're looking at, a three-point game? Now, you taking you had the 11-5 Bucs uh, taking barely squeaked by on a 2-13 team. Now, look at here. Look at here now. Giannis had 31. It's to be expected. Chris Middleton only gave him seven. Brooke Lopez had 39 points. And D. Leonard had uh, 31. Why in the world? Okay, apparently he doesn't got the green light from Adrian Griffin. But why in the world is Brooke Lopez leading score on these teams so many nights? That would not last. It was just, it had to be, because he didn't take the most shots. He was just the most efficient guy out there. Okay, game. just that night. Yeah, 14 for 17, 4 for 7 from 3. Mm-hmm. This game, I don't argue with him being the leader scorer. Okay. You got to find a way to keep giving him the ball, mm-hmm. especially if he's – he only missed three shots. Right. All three of those came from three. Especially if he's hitting right Yeah, there. so it's just one of those games. But also, this is the bigger thing for me. 31, 39, 31. Cool, that's fine. Nobody else gave you anything. Right. And that's why this game was so much closer. What was Holiday? Uh – he he was a scratch. Yeah, he was a DMP. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So no defense was out there. Really none. And Chris Middleton only played 13 minutes. With seven points. With seven points. Michael Be- Malik Beasley came out, gave you nine. Um, Bobby Portis has not been Bobby Portis really mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. year. One for five, two points. Bootamp, 0 for four. Again, I guess he made something at the line. Cameron Payne. We, LeBron told us about him. In that series against the Suns a couple years ago, they right. didn't even have a job. <laughs> Pat Connaughton only gave you seven, mm-hmm. and then Green only gave you two or three. So it's like that's why the game is so close, and it's showing y'all are depending so much on Giannis and Dame. That's gonna be a problem going forward. Yeah, and and, and I, I want to talk about that for just a quick second and everything. It's gonna be a problem going forward and everything, and 
they're going to have to try to figure that out. But like you said, somebody else is going to have to step up because this right now is not a winning combination. I do think Giannis is bought in. I even think Damian Lillard is bought in. He's but, getting more comfortable. That's more, what I right. said. But, but this, this is not going to take you to the promised land. Not against teams where it's... Like we talk about the Celtics from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. They have legit players who can come out and contribute every night. Right. 76ers, they have Joel, and then they're getting it done by committee. Mm-hmm. They're not looking for Tyrese Maxey to have 30 as well every night. Mm-hmm. The Bucks are looking for Giannis and Dame only. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two people that they're counting on to score, and then they get a surprise game like this from Brook Lopez. Exactly. That's not what's going because you're not going to be able to beat a you're not going to be able to beat a Boston Celtics team like that. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to beat a 76ers team like that. We just talked about the Magic. You're not going to be able to beat them, especially if they continue playing defense the way they're playing. It's going to be hard with this with y'all's recipe being what it is so far. Mm-hmm. Somebody got to change the soup, okay? You know what I'm saying? Add a little bit more salt, a little bit more pepper, and maybe some lorries. And I don't know if it's... It might be... It might need to be Chris Middleton. I don't know what's exactly going on with him. Well, you know, he coming off that knee injury and everything, yeah. and I, I just... I, I don't know if it's 100% yet. You know, so maybe he hit a, maybe he hit a stride and later. That's what I'm saying. Maybe y'all just need to stop running him out here for these 13, 15 minute games and let him rest because mm-hmm. the seven points ain't. Really, y'all needed the seven points this game. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> you, y'all they definitely did. needed them seven points. <laughs> but that three for eight, when that three for eight going to get you the seven points could have been distributed somewhere else. Right. So that's just all it is. And I think if he's not 100%, don't play him. Especially yeah. this early on in the season. Right. It's not worth it. Exactly. That makes sense. Listen, uh, the Pacers had 136 and the Pistons had 113. Now, let me tell you what I want to take out of this game. First of all, uh, the Pacers, they I think that they're, they're uh, a team that, that's really playing well. Uh, this night, 7 out of 10 of their uh, players to hit the court was in double digits. Tyrese Halliburton had 26, to be expected. I want to talk about the Pistons for a second. They're really not that good, but Cunningham gave them 30. Ivy gave him 25. Uh, But listen, Bagley only gave him six that night. But Thompson, their number one draft pick, only gave him eight points. Now, I know you had mentioned in a a previous podcast that he's more of a utility player. But the Pistons need points. And this is, I think that's why Jay and Abby's, I think this is the lineup that they need to run going forward. Mm -hmm. I would put in Duran, maybe over Marvin Bagley. Okay. But. This is the lineup they need to run going. For. Yeah, Durant went crazy coming off the thirteen of thirteen. Yeah, but anyway, um, that's the only thing with a star Thompson. He's right. gonna give you all of the other things: the hustle plays, the the steals, the rebounds. I think he's second. Like he's averaging almost ten rebounds a game. All defensive team. Yeah, he should be in that conversation. Okay, he should be in the conversation at least second. Right, but. With him, it's just going to be getting confident in a jump shot. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing with his twin out there in Houston. Right. They just, they've been able to get away with basing their game around their athleticism for so long. They never developed a real consistent, they can shoot. It's not consistent enough. Okay. So that's what, and I think that's just, he understands that. So he's not trying to be that. He's trying. He don't want to lose it for the team. Right now, he's trying to be what he knows he can be. Mm-hmm. And that's high energy crash the boards, play defense. I can respect that. And that's just all it is. And I think now moving Jay and Ivy back into the starting lineup, mm-hmm. it'll allow him to do that even more until he does feel comfortable shooting the ball. Because Jay and Ivy showed last year he can help Cage score. Mm-hmm. It's just figuring that out. Right. 
But I think the Pistons are a young team to be excited about going forward because they do have Cade, who's almost a triple double. Like he's one of those guys who can give you triple double. He was hurt one of those years. Yeah, but now I, he's he's fully healthy he's now. Fully healthy. And mm-hmm. I think he wasn't playing, I think, the first two or three games of this season to make sure he was back 100%. Mm-hmm. So now you get him, you try to fit it with Jay and Ivy, you try to get a Shaw Thompson playing. Um, they have Jalen Durant, they have Isaiah Stewart, who's becoming a legit rim protecting center. Marvin Bagley, uh, Marvin Bagley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't man. know too much to say yeah, about him. It, it is what it is with that. Well, that's cool, man. Well, hey, listen. Well, as long as he's taking playing within himself, then I know he will develop. Okay, then you taking. Um, now you know I'm on Wimby watch. <laughs> I just am. I love him, Victor Wamiyama. Yes. Okay. This night the Warriors uh, uh, beat uh, the San Antonio Spurs one eighteen to one twelve. Uh, I still love uh, Wambiyama's, uh Wimby. His development. He had twenty two points with nine rips and Curry. Was doing current things with 35. So it is what it is, is what's to be expected. But it's two things that I like to pick out of this game right here. All right, even though the San Antonio Spurs lost, that's fine. Uh, 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 Wimby, he's still developing, which is great, and he needs to continue to do so. Uh, but Curry, he still basically has to do it himself. He has to do it himself, and, and I'm just saying, he's gonna get fatigued, and I just don't know how long they're gonna be able to ride this wave. Yeah, the starting lineup is weak, it is, it's so weak. Um, Clay Thompson has not been able to put it together. Andrew Wiggins is looking like his energy is just not there. Like he doesn't want to be there. Like that's not that's just the feeling I get from him. Like right. he's not. I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird thing out there in Golden State. And then you get a game like this from Dario Sarge. I love Giants and Kaminga. It's just a fit thing for him. Mm-hmm. It's weird. That's all it is. It's just. I don't see where they were going with this roster. Right. I don't see what they thought the product was going to be on the floor. Because it's the same team adding Chris Paul. And y'all didn't need a Chris Paul on mm-hmm. this team. Mm-hmm. Y'all needed a center. Mm-hmm. So I don't that's what, And now y'all are seeing the benefit. Y'all are seeing what happens when y'all don't take the right steps. Y'all think y'all can just put in a name. Y'all think y'all can just bring in Chris Paul and that salt no. Y'all. We are we already seen Chris Paul, great player, came out of Wake Forest, loved him to death, did good in Phoenix, but he ain't won no ring. Y'all problems are bigger than a backup guard. Exactly, and they won game below nine hundred. So okay, listen, but this we gonna, we gonna finish this segment off like this. Okay, you had them Zion Pelicans, baby, and guess who they beat? Them Clippers, one sixteen to one oh six. First of all, be Ingram. You know, Brandon Ingram gave him 30, Zion 32, Valachunas 12, H. Jones 14. Look great. Look great. But uh, look on this other side. Paul George 34. Great. Numbers. Love it. Kawhi gave him 20. Zubak, he gave him they, they, they double digits with 11. Harden only had eight this game. Powell had 20. And what Russell Westbrook had three points. The science experiment is going very bad right yeah, now. Yeah, and... They 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 tried to be proactive. <laughs> they tried to be proactive and sent, and sent Russell Westbrook to the bench. Uh, Russell was just saying, all right, I'll come off the bench. Uh, yeah, 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 all right. Y'all ain't going to keep blaming me. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I sit down. So he sat, but he's gotten worse yes. coming off the bench. Because that's not his game. He's that's not what he does. Worse. And he doesn't have – that bench isn't one of those benches where he can come in and he has a legit – 
rotation around him. Right. It, it's harder for him to get into his day because he is a get downhill, kick it out, get downhill, dump off to it. He don't have that. Mm-hmm. His best player is Terrence Mann coming off the bench with him. Or, you no, know, Terrence started. So now he's running with P.J. Tucker, Norman Powell, and Daniel Thice. Mm. That's not a great second lineup to be running out there. Right. Especially if, cool, y'all stagger him and James because they cannot play together. I don't want to see Russell and James on the court at all. Got gotcha. together. Right. But then you got to think Paul George and Kawhi are coming off seasons where they don't play that much. So I understand that they their rest periods during game are a lot longer. So who are you sending Russell out there with? Exactly, exactly. What what was a uh, now James Harden had eight points this night. What was his percentage? I mean, what was he shooting? How many did he put up in there? Two L? for eight, one for six. Okay, that you know what that tells me just by looking at that. He wanted to take and be a distributor that night, and he didn't. He didn't, he wasn't even looking for a shot. So it's it's like it's it's no way you can win either way. But that's not what we want from you, James. right? Not, we need a combination of both, right? And then it's it's like either you hot or you cold. He look warm right now, and you can't do nothing with lukewarm water but throw it yeah, out. Norman Powell shouldn't be taking more shots than you off the bench. Exactly. It's just not. And I get it. You're trying to play team ball, and no, James, you're James Harden. We mm-hmm. understand who you are. Mm-hmm. You, we got to make it work with you playing your, your game. Yeah. You, we, we do have to make it work with you taking your 16 to 20 shots a game. Exactly. You, yeah, you got to be selfish with the ball now, man. You Paul got to buy all the way in. Paul George took 30 and we lost. So take less, get you sub. It's just one of those things. They got to find a balance. <laughs> so you know we're going to keep a close eye on this one, right? Yeah. Okay, on our way back when we return. Okay, college football playoffs. Did the picture just get clearer or more confusing? We're talking about week 12 in the what NFL? A black game Friday. And enough first one in NFL history that you probably want to forget. So we're going to talk about that uh, NFL f- f- football. Come right back. Don't go nowhere. <laughs> 